0: Hi, everybody. This is Kurt Schlichter, and this is Unredacted, the Town Hall VIP podcast that, uh, well, it just does what it does, and it's going to do more in the future because I'm getting some tech, folks. I'm getting uh, uh, hip happening now, and wow, it's going to be exciting. We're going to get guests and stuff. I might get some video going on. So the new Town Hall VIP Unredacted podcast is headed your way, So that is, um, that's essentially a new reason to live. So be excited, and I will stop recording it in my recording studio, which is also known as my car, Uh, because this is the only place I can go where people don't drive me insane. So anyway, speaking of insane, what's the definition of insane? What do they say? Insanity is defined as doing the same thing time after time after time, yet expecting a different result. And am I talking about the Biden administration? I am. At which point you're going insane? I don't know, Kurt. Senile, incompetent, crusty. These are adjectives that that that, that seem more than insane. They're not crazy. Uh, and I agree they aren't crazy. Now, you and I would think that they were crazy because based on our premises... They are crazy. We are trying to have a country that's free and prosperous, and they are trying to have a country where they are in charge. So they are doing things consistent with that. They are far from crazy. They are doing things that are perfectly sane if their goal is their own power. And guess what? Their goal is their own power. Our goal is to make our country a better place, a freer place, a more prosperous place, uh, so if you're doing the things they're doing, you, you in fact are insane, but they don't want those things. In fact, they're against those things. Look at what's happening with the uh, truckers. Okay. The truckers in Canada. And, uh, as, uh, th- I'm recording this Saturday morning, uh, apparently some of the fascist, uh, uh, Gestapo guys, I mean, Canadian cops are going to clear out some of the truckers and, uh, uh, You would think, oh, my gosh, what hypocrisy, because weren't they celebrating Black Lives Matter and Antifa blocking traffic? Yes, they were. Uh, It's not hypocrisy, though, because they didn't actually believe in the idea of free speech. They just liked it because it gave them more power. Okay. Okay. So you, you it's hard to be hypocrites when you don't actually believe in anything. You're not really hypocritical. You're just using other people's principles against themselves. And I like the leftists now, and it's a lot of fun for me. You see the leftists going, well, I, don't, I still don't think it's a good idea. You know, or I'm, I'm sorry, not leftist. Freudian slip. You see all the soft conservatives go, well, you know, it's wrong to block traffic and disrupt things. I don't like it when the left does it. I don't like it when the right does it. Okay, A, A, I don't care what you like. I care what the rules are. And we can't have two sets of rules. You either can block traffic or you can't. We voted no. The establishment said, well, yeah, we can. And we're going to show you we can by not prosecuting the people who did it. So the issue becomes, what are the rules? And only a sap, only a sucker, only a fool... Allows a double standard. A double standard cannot exist. You have to actively destroy double standards. Okay, you actively have to do it. It's not what you know. You know what aboutism? It, it, what aboutism is a moral necessity. It's not that they have to learn. Now I hope they do. I hope we all come to the conclusion again that you don't block roads. But we're not going to come to that conclusion because again, their their premise is not about principles. It's about their own power. So if blocking roads gives them power, they'll be for it today. If it takes away their power, they'll be against it tomorrow. But I would, like a, I, I would love a principle-based system, once again. But you can't have that with people whose premise is their own power. You also cannot allow them to win. We have to block roads. You need to understand that. we It's not something regrettable that we're forced to do. We have to do it because they have to not win. Now, they won't necessarily lose, but they can't win. They can't get a win doing something we will not do because that just makes us surfs. And uh, although, uh, uh, you know, I am close to the beach. That's not the kind of surfing I want to do. I don't want to do either kind of surfing. I actually surfed once. I got sucked out in the uh, freaking ocean. All right, and it tried to kill me. It was. Uh, I was not. Uh, I was not Keanu Reeves in Point Break, which was actually filmed partially here in the South Bay of Los Angeles. I drove right by. You know where they had a uh, Swayze in his Reagan mask using the uh, gas pump as a flamethrower. That's like on a corner in Redondo Beach that I drove by the other day. It's now a surf shop. It's no longer a gas station, but it's kind of weird living in LA. I'm gonna take a tangent. Because you drive around and you 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 see places you've seen in uh mostly 70s, 80s movies, 60s TV shows. Uh not so much lately, because they don't film anywhere near as much around here now. All right. They they film a lot in Vancouver and Georgia and other places, uh, but uh, but you know back in the day when they actually filmed in L.A., you know you drive around and you like you're you're on like a film set. You know that weird uh, like futuristic uh, red building and uh, demolition man. I used to work in that, and I worked in the building that uh, uh, De Niro and uh, Kilmer came out of in Heat before that giant gunfight. I used to eat lunch. Right where they had that giant gunfight in Heat, okay, because that was like right in front of my building, the 444 Flower Building. That was when I was working for a big law firm, and uh, at the time I, you know, I was like a two-three year lawyer, and I, I had a lot of business. I had a, you know major uh, companies as clients, and I was like trying, you know, I remember walking in, I said to my, thing, I got, I got a trial next week, and. I'm like, the Name Bartner was like you've got a trial. I go, yeah, it's a it's a brain injury trial with admit liability. So I'm admitting we have a we have a, a, a we're liable for a uh, a claim where somebody had a brain injury or alleged a brain injury. Um, uh, ended up only paying 15 grand on a brain injury case where we admit like we admitted we heard him. It was uh, remember Circuit City? Remember that company? I had all of Circuit City in California. It's like a three-year lawyer. was doing all their stuff. And there was one case where a couple guys, they had keys and they were throwing them across the uh, 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 place, these big heavy keys. And, of course, they tag uh, the, the uh, plaintiff in the head, and she claims a brain injury. I got lots of stories. I can tell you that one. It's not secret. It was in a trial. All my good cases are secret. I got all these good stories, and I can't tell you. I can tell you about Ben Shapiro because it was in the newspaper. You know, it was in the news. When we beat Clockboy in Texas, I can't tell you the other good stuff. It kills me. All my good stories. People will be sitting around telling stories. I'm like, Kurt, you got any good stories? I'm like, yeah. Why don't you tell one? I can't do it. Can't do it. I'm an attorney. It's confidential. I don't talk about that shit. So anyway, where were we? Oh, yes. Back to the principles. Ah, I'm so tired of principles. Principles are just a chain to enslave you. I mean, that's really what they are. I mean, it's, uh, you know, if everybody's not recognizing the principle, it's just a badge of slavery. It is not, you know, some sort of moral imperative. No principle that makes you less free is an acceptable principle. Now, how shitty a week was this for Biden? I mean like really how how crappy for Biden and the ruling class 7.9% inflation that's Jim, that's worse than Jimmy Carter I mean it's t- I mean holy shit that's a lot of inflation and that comes out right and of course the Fed's got to raise rates which will tank the market or it doesn't raise rates which will tank the market and what was the big thing that he was really excited about? Oh, yeah, the market. He's it. I mean, so you got that going on. So that's like a disaster for these guys. But is that enough? No, there's more. There's more. There is Ukraine. And uh, we, we hear that uh, uh, America thinks that they could invade within 24, 48 hours. Maybe by the time you hear this. Uh, Putin will have invaded. I am not so sure. Is this really just an information operation? Now, what's an information operation? Okay. Well, I'll tell you what a kinetic operation is. That's when you throw something at somebody, you shoot somebody. Tanks attacking and firing cannons and killing people. That is a kinetic operation. That's traditional military. But it's not the only kind of way to influence others, to uh, exercise power. We call it DIME, D I M E, diplomatic information, military, economic. These are all ways we exercise power. Putin appears to me to be doing a a faux kinetic operation. He's got 80 battalion tactical groups, which appears to be the new Russian unit of action, uh, spread around Ukraine's border. He he wants to have an effect on his enemy, which is both Ukraine and us, with those forces. Now, one way is, of course, kinetic. You you send the battalions out, and they kill anybody in their way or get killed. The other way to influence, to cause an effect, is information. Holy shit, they're threatening us. I want to concede and buy him off. I don't know. I have heard good arguments that he really doesn't want to invade. And there's good reasons not to invade. And I'll tell you about those in a minute. He wants to have an effect though. He wants to get concessions, maybe solidify his uh hold on Western Ukraine, maybe solidify, get recognized his hold on Crimea. Maybe he, you know and, and has he do that by scaring people. Scaring people is a classic information effect. Could this be a giant information operation? The answer is certainly yes. It absolutely could be. Why might he not want to attack? Couldn't they, couldn't they just cut through all the bullshit? If you send your 80 battalion tactical group south or east or west, uh, it's, it'd be west and south, really. Well, you could go east. You could go south and then turn east and encircle, which, which is what I would do. If I was going to attack, if you look at a map, and that's the first thing you do in military stuff, look at a map, preferably a topographical map, Preferably one that tells you about different types of terrain. So you see where there are woods, where there's swamps, where there's open steppe. Open steppe, good place to have tanks. And there were big tank fights uh in Ukraine. I, be- I believe Zitomir is uh down there. That was a huge tank battle. Uh I don't know if Kharkov was there. Kharkov may have been north. I don't remember. Uh a Kursk. Was it Kursk? Anyway. The the issue is. What does the map tell you? Well, you look at the map, and first you see there are big cities really near the north. Now, why is that important? Kiev, kind of in the middle of the country, just south of Belarus. And Belarus is in with the Russians. The Russian units are there. Um, Kharkiv, which is another city uh, that's a little more to the west, excuse me, to the east. Uh, Those are key elements, key locations, key objectives. If I'm attacking, I'm attacking south to essentially cut off Kiev. I don't want to go into Kiev. Why don't I want to go into Kiev? Two words, Grozny and Stalingrad. Grozny was the capital of Chechnya, ended up fighting through the rubble. Stalingrad, uh, a German army, was surrounded by a Russian army, uh which surrounded further the guys holding most of Stalingrad, which was a town on the banks of the Volga. Uh and the it was just brutal city fight. I mean brutal I mean you're you're fighting room to room through the rubble. And it was just a meat grinder. And if I'm if I'm Putin, I do not want to be in that. Putin wants to attack if he's gonna do kinetic, right? He's going to do kinetic. He wants to achieve objectives quickly and negotiate a settlement quickly. That's what he wants to do. He does not want to get in a grinding battle for Kiev. So what's he do? He goes around Kiev, he goes south and surrounds it, cuts it off. Now Kiev is less his problem than the Kievians problem. Now they got to eat. He's not fighting through it. I'm not he's not sending his guys in. Plus you don't want the information operation by the Ukrainians to succeed by showing the footage of you know, civilians being slaughtered in Kiev. He doesn't want that. I would go down, I would cut it off, and essentially start starving it. I would do that to Kharkiv, too. I'd go to major cities, uh, essentially decapitate the country. Now, why don't I send my forces further south and capture more of it? Well, a lot of it's woods. A lot of it is swamp. A lot of it's open steppe. A lot of it's full of freaking Ukrainians. Now, here's how I, here's what I, uh, 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 you know, kind of draw a line with Ukrainians uh, or compare the Ukrainians with. Do you like Lord of the Rings? Do you like elf operas? The dwarves, drunk all the time, not really bright, very stubborn and tough. Those are Ukrainians. Okay, again, served with them in Kosovo, trained them four times. They're not geniuses. They're not good at the finesse stuff. Uh, Their conventional formations will be essentially wiped out very, very early. Uh, What they are is really tough, vodka-fueled lunatics, uh, all of whom know how to use an AK-47. All of them who know how to use their terrain. It took the communists ten years to stamp out the Ukrainian resistance uh, to the communists after World War II. Ten years. Okay, there's lots of woods. There's lots of swamp. There's lots of vodka. Everybody's got an AK. Suddenly, it becomes very, very dangerous. Uh, Putin moves south. Right now, the border with Belarus and Russia, it's it's safe. Nobody's crossing that north. You move the effective border south, it stops being a border, starts being a line of contact. Well, they're on both sides of it. You're going to be fighting them all over the place. You're going to be fighting them in the backfield. You're going to be fighting them uh, head to head. You're going to have, and, and what are you going to fight them with? Mechanized forces. What are mechanized forces really good for? Smashing stuff. What do you smash? You don't smash gorillas. Gorillas are just bunches of guys on the ground. You start smashing them, they scatter. No, 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 no. They're for smashing conventional forces. Fighting guerrillas, you need light fighters. You need guys on the ground. The Russians have Spetsnats, but they don't have that many Spetsnats. There's like 45 million Ukrainians. Say one in 10 decides to pick up a rifle and play horsey. That's 4.5 million. Putin's got 120,000 to invade Ukraine. It's got to include supporters too, support troops, not just infantry. The problem for Putin, and I keep saying it, is he's like the terrier who catches the Camry, right? Okay, I, I've chased the car. I got it. What the hell do I do with it? It's a car. And it's very—it's it, it, a very tough problem. So this indicates to me, now again, I'm not saying Putin won't invade. He very well might. And I've talked to you about what he could do. But he put up a lot of guerrilla fighting, and that that, that would drag him down. Uh, and we'd be supporting them. Well, maybe. I don't know. This is like the Costanza presidency. Remember when George Costanza and Seinfeld, he's like, uh, you know, my gut's always wrong. I'm just going to do the opposite of what my gut tells me. And then suddenly he's popular and beloved and successful. That's kind of the Biden administration. You would think, okay. Putin has invaded Ukraine. The Ukrainians want to kill them. Let's give them equipment to go kill Russians. Biden would do the opposite. Biden, no, let's not do that. Let's, let's screw them. I got it. We'll leave Americans there, and we won't help the Ukrainians. So this is, this is one reason I'm kind of wondering why, you know, if Putin's going to invade. But all this is, again, all this is part of the worst week ever. you got inflation. You got Ukraine invade. You got truckers. What about these truckers? What happens if it happens here? What happens if a significant number of truckers just start fucking around? You know, hey, we're all going to park on a bridge. We're going to disrupt shit. Can't arrest everybody. And here's the problem. You know, we still have juries in this country. What do you say the truckers... Now, would a trucker block a road in, say... California. Then you get a California jury. Maybe you would do it in Texas. Maybe he'd block I-10. Block the 10. Then you get a Texas jury. Block it out by Fort Stock. You ever been through Texas? It takes like 24 hours to drive from LA to Houston, right? 12 of those at 24 hours is freaking Texas, El Paso is halfway. There's a lot of Texas and it's a lot of backcountry. Fort Stockton is of course the, the one of the big cities, by which I mean it's got, you know, not just McDonald's but Applebee's. And it's on uh, uh the ten. And uh what if you block truck uh, block traffic there? What do you have? You're gonna have a jury of people from Fort Stockton. Ooh. You know, they keep saying, Oh, the truckers will come to DC. DC has DC juries. Don't go fucking DC. There are other places where you can cut them off in favorable venues where no jury will ever convict you. Think about that. Yeah, it gets bad. It gets bad for Biden. And, of course, what's Biden doing? Biden's vacationing. He took the weekend off. I mean, nothing to see. Inflation, truckers, Ukraine. Now I'm going to Camp David. woo Murder, she wrote, marathon. Get me my shawl and my mush. I'll be in my rocker. What a freaking clown. They really screwed it up. And the thing I'm worried about, of course, is the Republicans screwing up the response. I don't want to put it past them. They absolutely can do it. Hey, that's my uh, uh, unredacted Town Hall VIP podcast for this weekend. I hope you enjoyed it. Get all my books in the Kelly Turnbull series starting with People's Republic. You want to go do that. Follow me on Locals, where all Kurt Schlichter stuff is available for you. And I want you to uh, uh, read my columns every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, Uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, excuse me. On Friday, we have the stream of courteousness video, which uh, people tell me is amazing. And they tell me it's amazing because it's amazing. So anyway, that's my uh, podcast and uh, hope to talk to you soon. Bye-bye.